Thank you all for tuning in to Hosted, the podcast where we flip the script, turn the table on hosts. Hosts are always the ones conducting the interview, and this time they get to shine in the spotlight and be interviewed by Hosted. Today we have Andy Lyons. She is the host of the Startup Life live podcast and live video streams, which streams on all sorts of different platforms, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and there might be some more in there too that Andy will will share with us when we get into it. But she is a four-time founder and she is a startup champion to founders around the world. She has started multiple podcasts and live streams. She is a She's an expert, really. I mean, if we're going to talk to anyone about podcasting, Andy is it. So welcome to Hosted, Andy. Thank you so much for having me, Brandy. I'm so delighted to be here and so honored to share my hosting experience with you and your wonderful audience. Great. Well, we're so excited to have you. Your energy, I was... Before we we got on here, I have been stalking you on all feeds and tuning into to your various videos. And I mentioned this before we we push record, but there's something that you say, and it's about entrepreneurs and founders. And I think everyone can relate to this, but it is a roller coaster ride. Sometimes you're popping this champagne and sometimes you're crying into it. Yeah, sometimes within an hour. <laughs> within minutes, right? <laughs> it's so true. It's the best personal development program out there and nothing that can prepare you to do, be a founder. You have to just do it. Yeah. It's kind of like parenting for those of yes. you who are parents. 100%. You can read all the books. You can get all the tips. You can do all the swaddling, but until you're in it, that's you true. And know. also, if you have are a parent to more than one child, you know that each child is different and it's the same thing with a business. So how you raise one child versus another, it's the same thing with how you raise one business. It's going to, another one is going to require completely different tools and resources because they're always so different. Absolutely. And being a four-time founder, you have started businesses all sorts of different ways. That's right. Everything from VC, angel, bootstrapped. Is that right? Oh, yeah. When we started, my husband and I started our or launched our dot com, I was nursing my six-month-old and chasing my three-year-old. <laughs> and we you know, raised over $8 million in venture capital. We grew to almost 100 employees. And then, of course, the big bubble burst. And in late 2000, uh, we just imploded with everybody else. It was what a ride. What a ride. So you got to experience the popping the champagne and crying into it firsthand. Along with back in the day for dot coms, they would have launch parties. And we were in LA when we launched our business and the launch parties would be 50,000 would be dropped on the party alone. It was insane, folks. Wow. That's incredible. And I'm assuming you learned quite a few lessons from that first venture that you carried with you to the next ones. Absolutely. In fact, I, I was probably thinking I'll never do this again, but then it was like, a, I said, my following businesses came to me like a stray cat at the door, <laughs> yowling until I let them in. So the next one was a food manufacturing business. 
and it had oh, wow. a shelf life. And I got to tell you, you know, looking back, I would also, I would often say I would have just checked myself into a Betty Ford clinic rather than do that. It's <laughs> really, really hard. And yet we all think, what, that, what? It's food. It's a recipe. Oh, my gosh. But I had a tremendous scaling with that. In less than two years, I scaled nationally. I chose not to be on the shelf. I chose to use my woman-owned status, which makes me a minority-owned business, and went through food suppliers. Uh, and as a, as a supplier diversity program. And so I was in major corporate hotels, hospitals, campuses, margins were amazing. So I had a really good run for almost five years until mother nature blew everything up. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. And this is well, something nobody ever talks about is that yeah. you, know, you can be jamming. And I was ready to do what I would call the Kellogg's scale. Mm-hmm. I was raising another quarter million and I was, I had picked a mid West uh, distribution and manufacturing facility when several things happened Two of my two primary ingredients got knocked out with agriculturally mother what, nature. What were they? Drought, uh, almonds and oh. maple syrup. Oh, geez. They got hit hard. And then my manufacturing facility, I kid you not, got hit by lightning and burned to the ground. And then, you know, even then I was still thinking, well, I can, I can recover from this. But then my husband came home and he'd just been laid off. And we had a nine and a seven-year-old. And that was kind of like the final nail in the coffin. So it was very sad. I cried for months and uh, swore I would never do another business. And then of course I've had two since then. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a bug. And once you catch it, you can't shake it. Well, and you have to understand what success looks like for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because what we always are presented with is an exit or an IPO as success. I am a firm believer, Brandy, that anybody who can take a product and develop it and sell it and have repeat customers and repeat happy customers. To me, that's a success. If you're feeding your family, wow. If you're helping to feed the community, i.e. through employing local folks, amazing. And hey, if you want to be a global rock star with your business, awesome. But really be clear what success looks like for you. Because let me tell you, look around the room. Very few people will ever launch a business. They don't have what it takes. They don't have the ability, the perseverance, the being able to hang out in uncertainty. And Mm -hmm. so already just launching that business and moving it forward, you are way ahead of the game. Absolutely. Wow. That's a really powerful point right there, because I do think that folks have this idea of success and success being that they sell. You know, they sell their company and and for big money, you know, aspiring to be the untouchables, the unicorns, and really it's identifying what success is to you. And to look at that, like, think about what you did and how you influenced communities and fed people and employed. That's, that's success. It's huge success. And so often folks get caught up in what they, when they look around and say, wow, the reality is so many founders, they've got a list of what they want to do next. So remember, you know, everything 
also has to do with timing. Think about Airbnb and Uber. In 2006, nobody would have gotten into a stranger's car or gone to a stranger's home or let a stranger into their car or into their home, right? But we had to have that economic crash. And then boom, hell yeah, I'm going to make some money like that. So same thing with your business. It may have just be the, and that's usually the number one reason, the timing. And second, the market doesn't want what you're selling. And so, hey, don't let that stop you. Try again, come up with your next best idea. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've talked to so many entrepreneurs (laughs) who we actually have a client who was working with a company that was the, the company before Airbnb started, essentially. It was like a, it was like a couch surfing app and Airbnb the founder came to him and was like, Hey, I've got this really great idea. And he was like, Oh, that will never work. Like I'm already in this, like we're, I'm sticking here. I'm not coming with you. I'm going to stick in this, this couch surfing app. And you know, we all know how that shook out. He was like, I think about that every day. And I'm like, well, it just wasn't, it just wasn't time. It wasn't time for you to make that leap. Oh, come on. AOL, right? Yes. Yes. All, yeah. The other search engines before Google nailed it. And again, everybody, remember that you can launch something that's meaningful to you, that helps you be fully expressed, that helps you solve a problem that others really want a solution for, and then take it from there. Figure it out. That's what we do on on the Startup Life Live show. We talk about how a founder decided to leave pay, you know, getting their paycheck and benefits behind and become an entrepreneur and what the struggle was like. What did they learn? What threads did they pull on? What did the customers teach them? All of that. And is this their first, second, third, fourth, whatever business? And and certainly the failures. And we really like to call them lessons because this is what you learn on your road to success. And your road to success, again, may be something that's a little more ethereal than mm-hmm. I want to take this company and create this market value and sell it and you know be this major CEO and player and whatever. You know, it's again, it's how do I want to be in the world? Who do I want to have an impact on in the world? And how do I want to serve the world with my gifts? And that's, you know, mm-hmm. the other definition for entrepreneurship. Absolutely. So would you say that's why you started the Startup Life live show? Well, a few things. You know, I uh, was a, I'm a host, co-host of a popular startup pitch event here in Boston. And we were two and a half years in when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And so we knew, well, I knew, I said to my co-host, AJ, let's just take this online. I've seen this fabulous platform called StreamYard. I have shoes older than the the kids who founded it, uh, but they've really nailed it. They've, it's very stable. Let's try to have the pitch event online. And it was wonderful. We had five featured founders pitch, and we had our, we have angel investors as our judges, and we had great engagement. And so I said, well, as an extrovert and someone who likes to have an impact and have meaningful conversations, I think I'm going to do this live thing for me as well for my work in the world to just stay getting that important information out there to founders because I live in a founder rich supportive city, Boston. Yeah. There's so many other great cities that are just an abundance of support, but there are millions of entrepreneurs who do not have the tools, resources, mentors, 
or even just seeing representation around the world. So I launched it, the show, and then George Floyd was murdered. And I was part of a cohort at the time where I was one of four whites out of 74 people. And I had an even deeper awakening to the social injustice and the racism and also the lack of inclusion in the entrepreneurial startup world. And so that's when I put my stake in the ground, Brandy, and I said, you know what, I'm only going to amplify diverse founder voices. So that is female, BIPOC, LGBTQ+, and other abled. And uh, that's who I feature on the show, because a lot of times for folks, if they see it, they can be it. And when you hear the different stories from people who look like you, who come from a background like you, you can say, okay, that's a shining light for me. They got through that. And we do, we talk about bias, unconscious or conscious that can happen. And we have very interesting discussions around the startup world and the bias toward anybody that's not a white male. Yeah. With all due respect, as a mom of two phenomenal young white men and a phenomenal husband, there's just not enough platforms out there celebrating the achievement of our diverse founders. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that representation piece that you mentioned is a really big one. And it is often overlooked. Right. You know, there's so many different ways to support people, but part of supporting is showing that look at people just like you are doing this. It's a really important aspect. Right. And I, and here's sort of the beauty of podcasting and, and live streaming folks is you get to amplify all types of voices. And what I mean is that we have luminaries out there. I mean, I could get anybody on the show that's just, wow, well-known in the startup world, but hey, let's get some folks nobody knows. I mean, I had one of my guests said, finally, after all these years, my family understands what I do. Thank you, Andy. (laughs) You know, I've got people who were incarcerated sharing their stories and how they figured it out or moms of kids who, you know, husbands left and they had to figure something out, you know, just some regular folks, you know, not everybody's got their MBA or had all this lived experience or worked at Bain. Uh, You know, it's folks who just woke up one day and just were compelled and called to launch their business. And really, aren't those the best stories? Just Those who are kind of, sometimes they fall into it just because of the circumstance that they're in and maybe having to support a new a new life that they didn't anticipate. That's right, Brandy. That's right. So anybody's thinking about podcasting, think about, and especially your own voice, how important it is to get your words out there because what we've gone through, our lived experience is going to be, and you've heard this quote so many times, is going to be someone's light, someone's guidance down their own path. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to share what you have to say. And, and if you have guests, to amplify your guests' voices. Yeah. And I think, you know, you hit on something that my family finally knows what I do for a living. Uh, That is something that was probably an outcome from an interview that was a little bit unexpected. 
I'm wondering if you've had some other moments like that, that you walk away from an interview or maybe this whole experience, that this endeavor and things that you never anticipated to be an outcome to kind of shine well, light on. I can something. tell you, yeah, I can tell you one thing I didn't expect to be an outcome. I stopped my coaching practice a year ago. I fell in love with this wow. endeavor. I mean, I've loved my other businesses, but this, I can see I was prepared for this moment over the last 30 years. And so I just never knew it could feel like this. Yeah. <laughs> where I, yeah, I think there's that Venn diagram, right? Where you've got your passion and your purpose and your something else and everything meets in the middle. That's what this has become because I love to enhance others. That's my core value. And I think the beauty of, for me, video and voice is that I can share the Andy-licious-ness, right? That's yes. my brand, Andy-licious advice. Yes. And so that allows me to vibe with my tribe, you know, folks who come along and they want some of that, yay. And I, I've just never felt so fulfilled. And I'll tell folks, tell you folks, you know, I am not a spring chicken here, okay? I've been my third stage of life and- you know, I just never knew that it could be this good. We get handed, um, I don't know, kind of like prescripted views of how aging is supposed to be. And so I've got to tell you, you're never too old to continue to be bold with your dreams and ideas and what you want to bring to the world. Yeah, that's really interesting. You've done so much in your life that here you are and this is it, right? Like this kind of brings everything together. And oh my gosh. And it's a lot of work and I, I couldn't be happier doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it is a ton of work. That's what I tell people all the time. I mean, just if you could maybe list four things that kind of dominate the time around producing oh, your show. Absolutely. Well, because I'm a little picky. So onboarding, you know, a yes. guest is important to me. So I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn and I'm always scoping out and getting my newsletters of who's pitching what and what's happening. And so I have, I pick somebody out and then I look to see how they are in the world. Cause the last thing you want to have as a guest is someone who is as delightful as a rock. Mm -hmm. You really are here to entertain your listeners and add value to your listeners' lives, which means your guest has to have something to say and know how to say it, which is why I'm always telling founders, be media prepared. Yes. Anyway, um, I'm happy to help someone who wants to up their game and wants to use this as a moment because I could keep a conversation going myself, obviously. So there are some that I will choose that I know are going to need this as a growth opportunity which is fine. But I'll get PR agencies reach out to me all the time and I'll say, no, no, no. Okay. So that's part of it right there. Then you have to look at your month. And, and as I have two live shows a week, what am I combining here? So you have to think about the flow of the show from 30,000 feet. What are the topics? Who am I having on? Am I pushing too many tech companies together? All of that. And then for me, one of the hardest things to do is to come up with the SEO title, right? You know, popping that title in, yes. making sure that title is going to resonate with the listeners and resonate with the algorithms. And then I dive into their business because we're going to be talking about that. So when I create my show notes, 
that's one thing I can use their bio, but a lot of times the bios are awful. Yeah. And so I've got to hop on LinkedIn and do some research to create the right show notes. And then I give my guests questions ahead of time. I feel really strongly about this so that it's just, you know, a framework for a delicious conversation, but that means I've got to understand their business. I've got to understand where they've been, why they are, where they are today. And because each of my show uh, folks unfolds like a pitch deck in the sense we talk about the problem, the solution, you know, the market, proving value prop, customer acquisition, funding, business model, pricing, revenue, all of those things that founders are faced with every day because I want to teach and add value to a founder's journey while sharing some of the, oh my God, moments that happen. So then, and then, so then I've got, and I'm a firm believer because I go live on video to do a 10 minute tech check. I know it's supposed to be four, right? What am I into 20? But then there's the, <laughs> and then there's the post show. Yes. And yeah. then the post, and then there's the post show. So it, I like to, of course, I repurpose into the podcast, but you got to follow up on any comments that came in in the live show, send the guest a thank you note. And then also, I like to create sound bites or video bites from the conversation. So Super I can put smart. that out on social media. So, but I can tell you, I love it all, except maybe that SEO with the title. Yeah, that would be a little bit That's maddening. Hard. Do you have any tools that you use to help you out I, on that front? I use TubeBuddy. Okay. So I'll pop the title in and will tell me weighted and unweighted and um, what the you know, the algorithms, if they like it, so they have excellent, very good, good and fair. So I work with that. But honestly, that's like probably my first hire is somebody to go in and <laughs> take care of all of that and the keywords, because it's important to get, you know, to reach folks. Yeah. And that can be so frustrating. I got to tell you, so many podcasters, I understand why you stop after 10 episodes because you're getting like three downloads and it took you all that work. I know it can be really disheartening. Yes, it can. You put so much time and care into every live stream, every conversation that that it, it eventually clicks and you're putting the SEO thought into it is, is huge. And I think that's something that's often overlooked. Yes. Because you're, it's just, it's just the way that, that you can be putting amazing content into the world, but if you're not being mindful of how it's being received on the other side, it is, it, it is discouraging. And it's an experiment. I'm, I'm, I want to do an A-B test with just thumbnails on YouTube because <laughs> I know that they have, that's a whole nother conversation, but I would love your listeners to know who are thinking about podcasting. When I did my first podcast in 2012, I actually hired a quote producer to help me and I was frightened every single time for 52 weeks. Uh, when I went with my live stream again, I mean, I was a beta blocker for the first four months before I felt like confident enough to do it without drugs. It is scary, but I am here to tell you, you'll get better at it. And the beauty of course of podcasting is you can always look down at a script to help you if you're starting to stumble live I've just told everybody, look, I don't memorize anymore. I've gotten too old for that. Uh, so sometimes you're going to see me reading what I want to say, and that's okay. It's okay. It's important to get it out. And hey, guess what? We're humans. 
Right. They make mistakes. And that's the beauty of podcasts and, and the live streams is that it feels a little authentic and raw. And oh, especially live because there's no editing. Yeah. Yeah. So things are going to happen <laughs> unexpected. That's just the way it is. And then people know you're, you're a real human. They can connect that's to That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I think it's so fantastic how much thought you put into the guests that you have on and that you reach out to people that you're interested in speaking to after you've done your research. Yep. But then you also consider when people are approaching you, whether it be PR firms, I have a company, Kitcaster, we are a podcast booking agency. We have worked with you in the past. You are so wonderful to work with. I love everything, Mallory and is it Steven? Yes. 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 Oh, delicious. Yeah. They're fantastic. But we do try to be mindful of what you're looking for as a, as a host, because it's important and you don't, you're already taking so much time preparing yourself, preparing the guests, doing all the work afterwards that we, we want to try to make it as easy as possible. So getting those relationships, I think are, are important for you to have as well. I would imagine. Yes, it is. And again, you just still, you don't know what someone's going to bring that day. Are they going to be who they looked like they were going to be? So you have to be prepared and you have to be prepared to not ask the yes or no questions. Yes, always, always. Now, do you do it? And this is a yes or no question for you, but do you do an intro call (laughs) by chance? Sometimes I do. Okay. So when I have a really newbie founder, you know, we'll get on and I'll just make sure they can handle the technology and it's all good that there's someone I can work with. Absolutely. And I've had a few guests want to have an intro conversation with me. Well, that's, I think that's really smart. I I think that we have some clients that are always wondering, you know, why are we doing the intro call? And I actually think it's a really good opportunity just to meet each other. Yes. So you just, you're a little bit warm instead of coming in and, and meeting for the first time. So it can, there can be some benefits and, to that. And folks, you're going to hear some f- podcasters and live stream hosts who think that is not a good idea, that you can't yeah. ask a CEO of a big muckety muck company to give up 10 minutes of their life for a tech and show check, I say, too bad. So sad. I agree with you. And I also say, hey, CEO, it's better for you. Trust me. It will be a much better interview Mm -hmm. if you just allow yourself to give up a little bit of time. So Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I am totally aligned with that. You know, as people are kind of listening to this episode I'm wondering if there are maybe a few, you, you provided some different looks at how much time is invested in podcasting, but are there, is there something that you could share like a, a takeaway and, you know, just, I know it feels a lot for you, but is there, is there maybe a piece of advice that you would give to those who are maybe seasoned podcasters or those that are looking to get into podcasting? Well, for me, I have two big pieces of advice. One, consistency. Yes. You just seriously set the date, set the time, and just be there. Even recording only, that's okay. You might have some flexibility for your guest. So just choose the day, but do not stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. 
And I know people are into that whole seasons with their podcast, but still be consistent. And secondly, get the systems and procedures into place. Make everything into a template. Yes. So make your outreach email into a template that you're changing just for that guest. Your it's uh, what I call my detailed email with links questions and promo flyers, make that into a template, make your show flow into a template that you are adding for that particular guest, but everything is a template. And then of course your thank you to the guest have as a template, just those systems and procedures will make your life so much easier and help you take back your time and not get, go down the rabbit hole. Really smart. I would imagine that's how you've operated throughout all of your businesses too. (laughs) And those probably shift a little bit once you got into it and you're like, Ooh, I need to change that. Or I need to add this. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, everything is an experiment. And if you go into it with that idea Mm -hmm. that, well, I'm trying this, Ooh, that worked, that didn't, I'll do it. I like to think of, you know, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, right. When she was creating her, her tight 10, I mean, she would get up there and try one joke after another and after another until finally she had the tight 10. I really feel that's how it is with your hosting. And as you evolve, you're going to evolve into different ways. You know, there's a part of me who would love to launch another podcast asking folks who get inked, right? Why did, why? Like, what does that, what's the story behind that ink, that tattoo? What's this? I ask everybody wherever I am, if I see a tat that I love, I go, tell me more. Yeah. But, you know, so you might start on one podcast and realize you, you would have more fun doing another one. It's all uh, good. I think and you it, should absolutely start that podcast. I think that's fascinating. There's I so many that, incredible stories around right? the ink that you put on your body. It's yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know, Andy, I'm going to hold you to that. I think. Okay. If we can get that going. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation, but before we wrap, we have a quiz on our KitCaster website and it is your podcast personality because everyone likes to take personality quizzes. We have this obsession with them. (laughs) I don't, I don't know how many I've taken uh, that I like just random outcomes, like, you know, what kind of dog you should own even. So I'm going to ask you a few of the questions because I just think they're fun. It's a good way to wrap the conversation. Thank you, Brandy. Let's are, go. Are you game for it? I am so game. Okay. All right. So first question, who would you rather pick first for your neighborhood softball team? Would it be Serena Williams or Simone Biles? That's so tough, but I'm a huge fan of Serena. She's just so oh, out there. I so know. Who she be? that I would absolutely want to have her as a (laughs) co-captain. Also that there has to be some transferable skills between tennis and softball, right? Yes, of course. I mean, that. that. But I have to tell you, I'm a firm believer in who do you want to ride the journey with? So Mm -hmm. lots of people have great skill sets out there, but who do you want to go on that journey with? So that kind of like who who she be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I very much appreciate that. All right. So next question, and this sounds really obvious to me, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Who would you rather cut your hair? Tim Ferriss or Malcolm Gladwell? As much as I love Malcolm, I mean, I can go deep with Malcolm. Tim, 
he's more my jam. All right. Okay. That's great. I love that. I was, I was laughing because somebody um, was telling me the other day that they were like, that question's kind of funny because Tim has no hair. Right. Well, there's that too, <laughs> but he just has a way of viewing the world. That's you know, a little on the anti-delicious side. I really uh, enjoy him. I agree. I agree. All right. This is a fun one. Who would you rather write your business pitch, Elon Musk or Oprah? Oh, my girl, Oprah, of course, because she gets it's a soul journey. Yeah, I, yes, yes. I tell people that all the time, that it's, it is about your journey. It's not just about the logistics, but it's about you. I feel like she'd really be able to dig into that. That's right. Well, and present the, the vision. Yes. I mean, look, I have deep respect for what Elon Musk has been able to do, but. Oprah, she'll be also about the people. She's about empathy. And that's a, such an important characteristic in a capitalist's leadership skills. I totally agree. You got to be able to pull at those heartstrings a little bit. Mm. All right. Who would you rather take to a party? Dave Chappelle or George Clooney? Dave, of course. I know. Oh my right? gosh. <laughs> I just, just to hear what comes out, his observations. Oh, I love him something fierce. I agree. I agree. Okay. Last one here. Who would you rather trust with your secrets? Ira, Gar- Ira Glass from This American Life or Dan Carlin from Hardcore History? I think Ira, just because I'm used to hearing, you know, the voice and the perspective. Yeah, that's he, where I'd land. He does seem like somebody that would just take your secrets and keep them forever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for taking the uh Kitcaster podcast oh, my journey pleasure. quiz. Pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure. And I'm just so honored to be here with such a phenomenal, fab female founder like you, Brandy. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Andy, I know that the listeners are going to want to find you. So can you tell them how to do that? Absolutely. I'm Andy Lyons, A-N-D-E-L-Y-O-N-S on all the platforms and my website. And I would be really grateful if you hopped onto my YouTube channel and subscribed. I'm crawling my way to a thousand subscribers and you know the algorithms will let you reach more people once you get over a thousand. So any wind you can add to the Startup Life live show sales, that would be great. And if you are a founder who would like to share their story, their startup stories on the show, please reach out to me, andy at andylyons.com and we'll see if we can get you on the show. Fantastic. And all this will be in the show notes as well. So hopefully people will have no problem finding you and subscribe for goodness sakes. Help a gal out. Let's let's do it. Let's get to 1K, please. All right, Andy, thank you so much for for joining Hosted. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me, Brandy. All right, we'll we'll chat soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.